So like, I, so I was staying home there, so I was kind of competitive, right? Yeah. So I noticed that like each organization eventually ended up having like its own competitor in the same kind of thing. I know. So like you have two monkey refuges, you have two animal things, and yes. then you have two two school things. Like it, it, it always, it's just tough because you. It, when you have people with their primary day jobs focus on this thing yeah. and they have to interact with other people in the same competitive arena, but they're also trying to unite for a good cause. It's a great thing, but it's also kind of weird. Yes. So people get in a fight or an argument and yeah. then they split. It's just like churches, yeah. like a church, one church I, starts. And then the next thing you know, there's like, they get in a fight over something. Then you have a couple other churches. Yeah. So anyway, that's, I, I started seeing that trend in Osar and I was like, what if I just brought in like key people from around town? And just let them speak. Just be them. Like, there's mm -hmm. the true source. Mm -hmm. So whenever something comes up about ISIS, um, we there's no way of actually knowing the real you. Mm -hmm. You just, there's high by perfect little ISIS who always smiles and stuff, <laughs> but they don't know the real you. You know, you know what I mean? Um, and then if somebody's talking about you, that may or may not be accurate information. Because mm -hmm. some people know ISIS with the crazy dogs who are always escaping <laughs> and the other people know he's just the karate instructor then other people know he's just the bodywork person there's like a different versions of you right yeah. so now we have one central spot where someone can see you and now next time when you talk to somebody they're going to know the multiple isis's okay. you know what i mean yeah and that'll be good so it progresses the relationship it progresses yeah. the conversation we're going to talk about some no sorry animal care stuff mm -hmm. but a lot of people might not know but now they will so yeah. now when there's a rumor on Facebook saying something that's not necessarily accurate, people can say, hey, wait a second. Mm -hmm. Watch this. Yeah. Get the information and then progress the conversation. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what I'm trying to do. I um, think it's great. Yeah, I have been seeing, um, you know, your podcast, obviously, and it's interesting because I feel like that's one of the things that I love about Nosara and what makes me feel home is community. Mm. And after being here so many years, you get to know everybody, and that's nice. Because then you see everybody has their own little projects, their own little, um, I don't know, organizations that they work with or help yeah. with. Uh, but Everyone as you said, a, story, like right? a lot of people, yeah. And that is so interesting because you see everybody in the street and you know them. You have seen their faces forever. But yeah, it's like really important or very beautiful where you're creating is that one-on-one -on -one to really get to know those people in the community that we see every day. Yeah. Right. Well, hopefully it progresses things. Well, people are about to get to know you. I know that. So this will be a fun podcast. We have a lot to talk about. And I cannot wait to shatter the image of just this perfect thesis. And just this, <laughs> oh, man, I want people to get to know you a little more. Well, so, I am perfect, but. <laughs> <laughs> and you're super humble, too, apparently. Is your net Are we rolling, man? Are we good? All right. Let's get rolling. You ready? Yes. Perfect. <laughs> Isis, that was a great way to start. So, all right, let's roll. So, Miss Isis, thanks for coming yes. in. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. I can't help but call you Miss Isis because I know. you've been my kid's teacher for so many years. You're just Miss Isis. Oh, and your dad's Mr. Hector Isis. Yes. For, for years, I always I was called I called Mr. Hector, and I didn't know Isis. I thought Isis was your last With name. With my last name. So, <laughs> That's funny. It just got stuck, so I called him Mr. Hector Mr. Isis. Mr. Hector Isis. For years. All right, let's get going with your podcast. So, um, so you've been in Osara for a while now. Yes. And I'm happy to have you in here. This this should be good. Mm -hmm. What most people don't know about you is that you could kick them in the face <laughs> and beat them up badly. You're a black belt in karate. Yes. And I don't think I don't think the majority of the people who know you actually know that side of you. Mm -hmm. So how do you have everyone fold so much that you're this nice, docile? <laughs> tranquil person doing body work at the Bodhi tree <laughs> formerly at the harmony and then you yeah. were a teacher but you actually can kick someone in the throat and 
and beat him up. So tell yeah. us about that. Tell us about that side of you, please. Okay. So um, basically, it's just a family heritage. My dad has been karate, have been doing karate forever, and I just grew up with it. I mean, to be honest, I don't even remember the first time I took a karate class. I mean, it was back when I didn't have memory, you know, like uh, my mom used to joke saying that I, st I learned first how to kick than how to walk, right? Like I was like, yeah. And, um, I don't think you know, she's like, kidding either. No, I mean, like, honestly, the other day I went to my mom's house looking at the old baby pictures and I, I have a picture when two years old with a karate gi on. So, I mean, it's just part of who I am and, and, and it's a... It's in your it's, heritage. Yeah, and it is very special because it's a way to connect with my dad on a one-on-one -on -one level because, you know, for me, I guess... It's very easy to connect with your parents, but they all have different things. And since I'm a female, like I can connect with my mom for so many things. But with my dad, karate is the thing. Like that's, I mean, and and yeah. So I grew up with it. I I was, I worked. I mean, I trained since, as I said, I was a baby. Mm -hmm. Um, and then after many years, I competed a lot. We went to all different countries. It was really cool to go to meet people from other cultures through the karate, which is like, it's just a very healthy way to travel and, and connect with people and, and grow. And, and then, yeah. So then eventually I start helping my dad teaching cause he had schools. He had like, he, he taught in like different cities in San Jose. Like he was teaching in Santana, in Puriscal, in Escazú, in Ciudad Colón. He was also at some point the, the coach for the national team. Um, so like I, we were training in La Sabana in the, in the, in the Gimnasio Nacional there. Um, hey, while and you're then, on that, just, I just, let me interrupt you for just a second. Yeah. Tell us, go, go a little bit more about your dad because he really was the real deal. He'll, he still talks about wanting to fight Chuck Norris and all yes. kinds of things like <laughs> people, someone listening to this might not know how real of a fighter warrior your yeah. father is. Well, I mean, to put it in perspective, my dad is 70 years old, right? Um, and he's been doing karate since he was like 16. He actually learned it in the States because at the time karate in Costa Rica pretty much didn't exist. So he brought it back and he started teaching and that's, you know, he's one of the pioneers of karate in Costa Rica. Like he started teaching in the University of Costa Rica and he started teaching in, as I said, all these different towns. And a lot of his, stu all students now are, there are ones that are taking the batuta, which is in Spanish, like taking the control over the national team and the tournaments when we went. Uh, so like, yeah, I mean, my dad went to Japan, has, you know, to uh, world tournaments karate tournaments in japan in the states he fought chuck norris twice uh he said it was one time he win and one time he won uh, the chuck norris won um he got broken ribs broken back in the day too it was like full contact karate right no protection so like a lot of broken bones and i mean if it's appropriate to say my dad was pretty badass yeah. you know <laughs> like i mean um and it's been yeah i mean he's been like there's pictures of him in, the, in all newspapers and, and like, if you know karate, you have heard about my dad at Costa Rican karate. You have heard about him. You know, he was one of the, of the first ones. We should get him in to tell some of his stories. Ooh, he has plenty his, his of stories. Na his national team story is, yeah. was hilarious that he told last week, I think it was. Yeah, uh -huh. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll save some of those for him. But so, so back to you. So yes. that's part of your life. Yes. You get a black belt. And yeah, so like I, I started helping my dad teaching 
kids um and so then at some point when i was in my i was in university studying physical therapy and i started doing some summer camps uh, where i was teaching kids karate um and then after i graduated i moved to guanacaste and so then the history continued in nosara interesting so <laughs> let's go back to how you found nosara now you're from san jose correct yes when did you first learn about and really start thinking about nosara being part of your life well, I was I was in uh, finishing university, and I had a friend who was living here, working at the Harmony, and um, so we had like a vacation of a month in the month of July, two thousand eleven, um, and so me and two other friends came to visit, and we were like, "Oh, let's spend a month in Nosada," and. It was the worst weather. <laughs> it, we had like this cold front, rainy season, like crazy as you know. July, like it stopped. It didn't uh, rain nonstop. I remember that for days and days. So we were just like locked in our little house that our friend was hosting us. And I'm not kidding. I have never lear uh, learned read so much in my entire life because there was nothing else you could do. So I was reading and reading and reading until one friend was like, I'm done. So she left. So there's two left. So we're there and we're like, oh my God, you know, we had all these big plans uh -huh. to go to the beach and go surf. And um, so then the other friend's like, I'm done. I'm leaving. I was like, ah. So I was at the Harmony one day that finally was sunny and I was there and I met Tammy. Tammy Bennett. Uh, shout out to Tammy. Yes. Um, and Tammy was looking for somebody to help her for the month of July because July is like a mini high season here in Osada. And she was like, well, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm a physical therapist, but I went to massage school as well. I can help you with massage. And so she offered me to work. And since it was such a bad weather, I was like, well, I might as well work a little bit, make some money while I'm here. Um, so then I worked that month of July um, and then I left and then Tammy called me back and she said, when do you finish school? Like, would you be nice. interested in coming back? And so I said, why not? You know, at the time when I was there, it was just so nice because for me coming from the city and have worked in other spas city like, mm -hmm. uh, knowing that they were not using chemicals, it was all like papaya and banana and honey and brown sugar and then uh, they do body wraps that instead of using plastic which you do in like fancy spas they were like no no we use like banana leaves and so it was like well you know I already experienced the the, the posh uh, spa like and right. so I said well this might be an opportunity to learn a new um, you know new things and so I was like yeah why not so I finished school uh, I did my last exams in December 1st 2011 I was back here working at the healing center with gotcha. Tammy so you're you got here basically it sounds like because of really bad weather your friends giving up Timmy just seeing if you wanted to do something else besides read yeah and then the hippie part of Correct. the job definitely the hippie part was the one that drew me because I had an I worked at a, a spa before in Hacienda Pinilla which is also mm -hmm. Guanacaste but you know it's, and it was the that kind of like city like and uh, so it was like that's new I can I want to learn that right on that's yeah. really cool so when I met you I think you were at Del Mar you were at coordinating the splash program which they used to have i think that's when we yes. connected so yes so you went from harmony over to del mar is that what happened uh, how'd that happen i think i, I can guess but 
I'm guessing there was probably a cookie or a Jesse or a Haley involved somewhere in that whole thing. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, so I was working at a healing center, but it was just like, a on, I was just an on-call therapist, right? So I didn't have a schedule I'd, and, you know, I was kind of like coming from the, from the city, the, the not knowing was kind of like <gasps> freaking me out. Like, oh my mm. God, like, I'm going to survive. I'm going to, you know, be able to pay my, my rent. Um, so. Hey, Isis, I'm, do you think you're the first person from San Jose to come to Nosara to have those feelings? <laughs> Just making a joke because we were talking about all the people from San Jose who come out. Yeah. And then we like right now we're in the middle of the holiday rush where the town's mm-hmm. exploding. Yes. And it probably doesn't even feel like you're from San Jose because this is your home now. Oh yeah, no, I don't like chipenos. <laughs> I know I I origin I was an original chipenya, but now I feel like I'm Guanacaste. I changed my uh, electorate, my where I vote, <laughs> like my cellula. Your, your cellula. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm like um, and yeah, that. no, I mean this time of year I don't even I don't even go to the beach. It's too much. <laughs> I only focus on working, and yeah, like it's just it can get very messy with it. <laughs> well, but working, you're. you're I want to get back into that story because you've, yeah. you've had an interesting adventure. So Harmony to Del Mar. Yes. Um, so so anyway, I met Cookie. So one of the first people I met in Nosara was Cookie and and Mary Hu, who was working at the reception at Shout Harmony. Shout out to Cookie and Mary Hu. Um, and, and so Cookie was like, hey, you know, are you interested? I have a friend who is looking for somebody to help. And I said, yeah, sure. I have free time. I can, you know, do like a part-time job. Or um, So then that's how I met Jesse. So I went to a job interview with Jessie for the Splash program. And um, and she said she was... So basically, Splash is a program where um, they bring kids, tourist kids, and they can enroll in the school. And it's like kind of like half Spanish lessons and half tutoring. So they will bring their homeworks or their um, curriculum from the States or wherever they're visiting. And we will like teach Spanish and then do something else fun in the afternoon. That's ideal for you because if you're, well, at this time, were you, you had finished your master's degree by now? Uh, in physical therapy, mm-hmm. yes. Okay, so you already have all the, you're super active, you're already outside and you love all of that. And then you're bilingual. It seems like it was just, it was a perfect fit. Yeah. So I, I, I was, and I love kids. And as I said, back in San Jose, I did a few summer camps, uh, with the karate background. So mm-hmm. I said that I, you know, I, I don't have experience in Montessori, but they gave me those skills. They, they gave me some, um, coaching or, uh, training, I guess. Jesse was my trainer. Good trainer. Uh, and, and what to do, how to, you know, sing songs in Spanish and, you know, um, and then I was doing, outdoors activities mixing physical therapy and movement therapy and physical developing for kids with karate and fun right so that's kind of like what I did and then so I started as a part-time job that turned into a full-time job so then I had to you know transition out of harmony because I was just committed with the school at this point this is like 2012-13 range 2000 yeah uh-huh. okay. uh yeah I came in 2011 but this was like 2012 um, and then through being at Del Mar and with Jesse, and then I met Haley, who is obviously the, the other corner of the school. And somehow she heard, well, I guess she heard about the karate because we talked in the interview with Jesse when I was applying for the job. Mm-hmm. And so she was like, oh my God, so you teach karate. Why don't you open a school? Like, I want you, my kids to be in there. And so she set it all up with Jane from Nosara Wellness, who is also my favorite colleague. She's also a physical therapist. 
Um, and they open up the space for me. They hold the space for me. They set up my first students were your kids, Kai and Elisha and Jane Sylvan, uh, Haley Sky, and then Dr. Laura Jose Ignacio and Oscar Construction Pros Julian. Wow. So that, that was, was the cool first group. crew. And, um, yeah, I mean, that was the very beginning. And it was basically Haley and Jane set her up. And they said, okay, this is your teaching this day at this time here in Nosada Wellness. So I was like, okay. So that's how the karate started. Yeah, in 2013, I think. Man, so let's give a big, much love to Haley. Yes. She's a networker. Like, that, she, she makes stuff happen. Haley moves yes. so fast and has so much stuff to do. And three kids and all, you know, all this stuff. But when yeah, she I mean, meets someone, she's like, oh, you do that? Yes. Let's do that. I'll be in touch. And the next thing you know, yeah. she calls me Richard. Richard, you need to talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> she's awesome. So I, she was just on here uh, for a podcast for Nosara Performing Arts Academy, uh, yeah. which ironically is hosted at the same spot you're at. Yeah. But anyway, so back to your story. So Delmar, Harmony Delmar, karate starts. Yes. And that was your first, that was your, was that your first, like my your, would you're a sensei, like your first, like it was yours? Yeah, I guess that was my, yeah, my first season, which was like moving a lot and, you know, a lot of things opening. And I guess I, it was a way to just bring all my skills out at once. Like, okay, you do a massage, you do physical therapy, you work with kids, you teach karate, you also speak Spanish and English, or you're going to be a teacher. It's like, phew, like all these things. Because I remember when I was talking with my friends in San Jose about what was I doing in Osada the first year. I was like, well, I'm doing A, B, C, D. And they're like, oh my God. So well, that's the only way to survive, you know, and Osada is an expensive place. And But no, I mean, I love it. And it was just really good to be able to use so many skills right wait did you have your crazy dogs at that time yes so i had ali <laughs> so add them to the list i had ali who was like i was finishing school and i was moving to nosada and then these people come and say you know we have this puppy for you that's just another story but um and i was like okay perfect because i'm moving you know i'm starting this new life in Nosara by myself, you know, like I'm going to bring, and I thought the dog would be the perfect companion. You, did you and envision she, a beagle? Were you like, I'm going to get a beagle? No, that was a mistake. <laughs> I think I wouldn't be better with other breed, but, uh, so Ali had separation anxiety, so I couldn't keep her in the house. I used to live here in 506 and Paul was like calling me all the time, like, Isis, your dog is barking. Isis, your dog is barking. Isis, come get your dog. Isis, and it was like, oh my God. So I had to take her to the mar with me. Well, at the Harmony, she stayed at the security guard at the beach. So she was always there with the security guard. And most people met Ali before me because she was always at Puesto Uno right. at Harmony. Um, and then when I moved to full-time to the mar, she was at the palm tree. I think Kaya remembers seeing Ali in the palm tree. <laughs> so she would like, come. To school with yeah, me. That dog's, gonna, that dog's a legend. Yeah. It's been and, everywhere. Yeah. And then after after a year of being a stat, I was like, I need to find a solution. I said, I'm going to adopt a dog. So then I got into learning more about animals awareness, awareness and like adopting instead of buying and all these things. So I was like, okay, I'm going to just get a rescue. And turns out, you know, a friend from San Jose tagged me on this pose of a beagle-like dog. She's not a pure beagle, but she looks like a beagle. And she's like... This is Ali's sister. This is perfect for you. And Another so, beagle. <laughs> I, great. So I got the second beagle. So it's been great because so finally Ali managed to stay by herself at the house. It was great. I love the interaction of the two dogs. And I would say having two dogs is easier. 
except mine are beagles, so they're not as yeah. easy. Because they, they explore. And <laughs> they, they just run away. They, they just can't stay still. They have to I mean, explore. I promise. I tell everybody, like, I swear I love my dogs. I don't beat them up. I give them food and water every day. But they still run away. <laughs> hey, you, need to, you probably owe the community a, a, a apology while you have this platform to everyone. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. I um, apologize if my dog has visited you because I know like she's she's at the heart. She they have this memory. Amazing. So Ali always comes to 506. Ali always comes to the Harmony. The good thing is like she always goes to the same places. <laughs> and Naya and I just at the woods uh, in the woods in the beach. I always like walking the beach and I tell everybody like, if you see a beagle can you let me know <laughs> it's like this is my phone number <laughs> like and I will get you know phone calls like yeah we have your beagle or, yeah we saw your beagle so I'm sorry, sorry I'm and, it's just funny. and thank you for because everybody in the community I they always they always come back so I'm grateful because the community always bring them back somehow yeah they don't blend in very well they don't have camouflage <laughs> it's <laughs> like that's Isis's dog <laughs> Exactly. All right, so you go from Del Mar to where? Well, you so start karate on the side, so that gets yeah. going. And by the way, we'll, we'll get back to that. We'll yeah. talk a little bit more because you now have generations of karate. Yes. Like you have like a whole whole thing happening. Mm -hmm. But back to your story, what happened after Del Mar? So after Del Mar, I finished my first season, right? And because Splash is just for tourists, it was like three months that they wouldn't have students. I wouldn't have work, yep, right? You gotta pay bills. Um, so then I got an opportunity to go to Montauk, Long Island to do a training or course training in um, early intervention, which is from the physical therapy point of view. So early intervention is like how to help kids with disabilities. Oh, wow. Uh, develop an unlike standard, what is what is normal or, or expected according to their age, okay. right? Because kids with disabilities will have a delay in their motor skills. So this particular training I did was with babies with Down syndrome. Um, so I went to Montauk and I was there for three or four months uh, working with, this, with these babies. Um, and then I was coming back to Domar Academy. When, while I was in Montauk, we had this very bad earthquake in Osada. Oh, this is September 2012. 2012. Mm -hmm. um, I, sk I skipped the earthquake, but at the same time, I had Sandy, the storm that hit New York in September 2012. So it was funny because everybody, I was in the States and everybody was like, oh my God, Isis, are you okay? I was like, well, kind of. <laughs> Did you feel the earthquake? No, but there's a hurricane here right now in the house I'm staying at in Montauk. Okay. Okay. So pause, which is better, earthquake <laughs> or hurricane? I want to say, I mean, I, I'm used to earthquakes. I wasn't here for the 12, the 2012 where most people said it was horrible, but I want to say I would rather have an earthquake than a hurricane because that was just a completely different experience for me. Like, I mean, branches and water like you have to close the windows and there's and the sound the house is shaking for out and you know the earthquake is like a shake but it's just i mean a minute or yeah. less where the storm is like days that you cannot leave the house and like so i mean that was quite an i mean going to new york city I, the city they said the city never sleeps right so i was in new york city there's no power there's no water like the whole city was black so that was like apocalyptic almost it was it's like, a heavy oh experience oh my god like so anyway, I'm the opposite because I'm from Florida. So I grew up with hurricanes. It's just like, oh, hurricane, we're going to lose power and it's going to be a bad couple of days. Um, but then when I started surfing, we started chasing hurricanes because in Florida, 
there's no waves. Like everyone loves to surf, but there's, there's, no there's just no waves. <laughs> it's a horrible place to surf in reality. <laughs> it causes a lot of pain, um, at least for me, or if you're 6'3", 200 something pounds. Um, so anyway, the hurricanes, we drive to where they're at. And then sometimes the hurricanes would turn and like just go right over you and you have to hunker down and there's nothing that's to do. That's crazy. And this is what I experienced in Montauk. Like my friends at the time there, they're surfers, obviously. And they're like, oh my God, Sandy's coming. Yay, we're going to get great waves. And it's like, wait, what? Are you going to surf a storm? I'm not a surfer, so I didn't understand, but... You wait for the storms? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's why I moved to Costa Rica, by the way. Yeah, right. <laughs> anyway, so, so you, anyways, you're in New York, and so I was everything's in New York, a big so, mess. Yes, but so the storm happens, and the earthquake happens, so my <laughs> my old boyfriend, Harmony, the healing center got destroyed, and they had to turn it down and build, build, build it back, back up. Um, and so they call me and they say, Hey, you know, we're gonna, we wanna start this new thing and we would like for you to do, be the manager of the healing center. Um, so I so was back to your ex. Yeah. <laughs> so, but this time, like full time job, you know, like full on like managing slash massage therapies, like physical therapy. Gotcha. So you're um, in the work, but you're also overseeing the administration part of things too. Yes. Just the body work part of it like the spa because the healing center of also offer yoga and monica ramos was the one in charge of the yoga Child i mean, monica, back, love her very much. back to that 2012 so monica and i started the new healing center after uh, i was gonna say sandy after the earthquake makes yeah. sense all right so you did that for a while and then yeah. what happened well so i was uh at the harmony for um couple of years, I think two and a half years or so. Uh, and then I decided that it was time to, it just kind of like natural flow that way that I could like kind of like start my own practice as a physical therapist. And that's how Nosara Body Work, which is my Got my it. And that's, that's your current incarnation today. Yes. And where's Nosara Body Work based out of now? Body Tree. Got it. Yes. So you, you've been around. Yes. <laughs> but all amazing places, amazing people. Um, hey, did you yes. avoid the Nosara gossip? Like, I'm going over here, so this person hates you now thing? Are you cool with everyone? I think I'm cool with everybody. You sure? <laughs> I hope. <laughs> or at least they secretly hate you and not to your face? That's always <laughs> no, better. No, I mean, I, I, it's just everybody has been really good with me. And, and um, as I said, everything has transitioned very natural, uh, organically beautiful and no hard feelings with anybody. Well, I tip my yeah. hat to you. That's really cool that you pulled it off. In, in small towns, <laughs> it's hard you. to do that. It is. I mean, it is a small town, and there's definitely a lot of drama, but I guess work-wise, we're good. Nice. I'm good. <laughs> Got it. So, Nasara Body Works, so that's one person of you, the lady with the, the always lost dogs is the other, uh, the karate you. So, let's go to now. What's going on with the karate stuff? Where are you at? What's happening? Uh, tell us about your kids and what you're doing. Um. So... It's been, yeah, a few years, and I had, as you said, I have had a few generations of kids now, and that's the beautiful thing about martial arts is that it's a sport that you can see progression. Like in karate, we do belts. The kids were getting, you know, they get new belts as they progress, and as they progress to their expect, expected uh, to do more competitions with, you know, at the very beginning, the first few years, the kids were just yellow belts, so they didn't have to compete, but... Um, so now 
well, Elijah and Kaya are my oldest, and uh, oh. they're now purple belt, almost turning brown belts. I mean, Kaya and I were already talking about karate, it. in karate terms. They're getting yeah. up there. Yeah, um, and, you know, uh, they're champions. They've been champions for the last three years since we started competing. So, the Best last three years. Best thanks to you, years, Mr. Hector Isis, for sure. <laughs> Thank you. I'm very proud. Well, thank you. Thank you, guys. Hey, I want to talk about the yes. very first contest you had here. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that was... Uh, I think it's a Jungle's Edge. Yes, Jungle's Edge. So that was the thing. Yeah. So like the kids were growing and, you know, my dad has been involved in karate the whole his whole life. So he was like, why don't we, you know, do a tournament here? Let's organize a tournament because it's easier for, you know, the kids that are already here Uh you know, anyway, so we organized Jungle Sedge. That's right, Jungle Sedge. And at the time, our event planner was Nuria, the old owner of Bagel Men's or Bagel House, uh, and her colleague. They were event planners from Barcelona, so they helped us with the whole logistics of it. And my dad and I, we did all the technical, like, okay, we need to get the bells, the protection gear, the flags, you know, we do like red flag and blue flag for points. Uh Um, We got, we send invitations to all the karate schools in San Jose, but then Nuria and her her friend did all the, you know, we wanted to kind of like open up Nosara for the karate people in the city. Like, come check this place. We're doing karate in this great location, beach town, perfect, beautiful, you know? So it was really cool because the people came and they stayed for the weekend and they could go see the turtles surfing, uh, you know, like just, we wanted to do like a training at the beach as well. Like, uh, you know, everybody with the karate gi. But anyway, so we did a competition and we had official uh, judges from the karate, the Costa Rican Karate Federation. Uh, we had, uh, you know, like three different schools. It was a good, a good turnout. I can't remember now, but it was probably like thirty competitors at the time. Or yeah, um, at least yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was great. It was great, and and it was just so beautiful in a way too. I grew up <laughs> with karate, and I grew up with all these people. You know, these friends, or yeah, uh, different senseis from different places in Costa Rica. Was it and nice it was to get them to, out here? And yeah, let see to it? bring them. I was just so proud that, in a way, that, you know, this is what I learned from my dad, but this is how I do it in Osara, right? Like, it was just so cool. And then after that, you know, they were amazed of the quality of the event we pull out, and, and the kids were good, they do great. And then so we, they started inviting us to the tournaments in San Jose. And so the last three years, we've been to the National Karate championship um and the kids every year they do great i mean we bring back medals how, every hey, time. how are you doing that out of nosara because this isn't a big town you're not a super aggressive person you're not like it's not like the karate kid movie with like the yelling senseis yeah. going to war like <laughs> mm-hmm. you're pretty chill how are your students doing so well well i honestly want to know that like you're you're if you look at nosara nosara seems to perform every year yeah. At this big tournament where I mean, everyone's yelling, it's a it's chaos. Like it's yeah. it's a whole scene for people who haven't been there. But it's really surprising how big and how many kids are there competing. But your crew seeps, keeps coming back and yeah. producing and it seems strange to me. So tell me why. Um are you just lucky? <laughs> no. I mean So tell um, us your secret. Like what are you doing? Well, you know, I think obviously it's it's not all my credits. Uh, I think it's I'm the instructor and I do my best. But I also 
I want to give more than what I can do because I, I mean, karate is my hobby. And if you think about it, I only teach once a week, right? So the, my students are competing with kids that train three times, four times a week, right? And yet they get gold medals, right? So it's awesome. But so what I've been doing for tournament is like I bring other senseis from San Jose to Nosara um, to help me with the more aggressive part of it, maybe like, you know, like um, Sensei Edgar and my dad. So I always have a special guests in a way. Like, so like I'll offer, usually teach, teach on Tuesdays, but maybe Saturday we do a workshop or if it's a tournament's coming up, we usually uh, do special classes like to push it into the next level. Um, but also, so like me at some point, the teachers that I bring from San Jose that help me obviously with the more competitive attitude and then um, it's not aggressive but like you know that um, inner force but it's also the kids personality I mean they own it and and it's I think being in that environment it just gets inside you because even myself and every time I see them compete I always get super emotional because it's like I see them like super sweet kids all my students are lovely but once they're there, it's like their fire goes up. It's amazing. And sometimes, like, so it's also the kids, they have it in them. And it's the energy in the competitive environment and the parents. I mean, like, I'm just so lucky. I am lucky in the way that my students have parents that support them 100%. So I think it's a combination of, ah, I just love my kids. And I love you parents. When and you get excited like when they're when they're in their kumites or mm-hmm. arcadas or whatever, you get you get pretty fired up, and I people am, don't yeah. see that side of you. <laughs> so I'm happy for people to see your emotion because you are. There's a lot of eases. Yeah. Like there's there's body work, yeah. perfectly calm. Then there's hippie eases, and then, <laughs> then there's like warrior eases, and then oh, there's I mean, coach, like, yes, caring well, person. And when when your students are going through stuff, you can see it. Like you wear it, and um. But you still maintain, you maintain a lot of composure. Like I've seen your students get absolutely like ripped off, like uh-huh. pretty bad. And that could have been handled really in, uh, in a different manner. Mm-hmm. You sat there, you took it, you were an example to them. I'm giving you a shout out right now. I've seen you do Thank this a couple of times and you get through the situation with grace. Then you go away from it. You get mad for a minute, <laughs> but then you never show that. And you, you're teaching respect through yeah. your actions. And it's not necessarily about winning that one thing. It's more of the learning lesson as a whole. And uh, I've seen you do that time in and time out. I know mm-hmm. it hurts you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it gets me angry for sure. I mean, like, I'm, and that's why I go on high. Like you was done with Amy, right? Like I go on high because karate, martial arts, it's about respect, right? So you have to respect the judges. You can get angry and you can voice it in a graceful way. Like you can raise your hand or you can try to, you know, like, Sometimes they'll listen, sometimes they not. Like last tournament with uh, Abraham, I, I couldn't, I mean, I couldn't. I was like, it was just too much. And they were like, and the, the ref was like, I had to. Uh, so I sat down, breathed through it, fright was over. I went into the bathroom. I was like screaming inside me like, <sighs> calm down. And then when the time came, I was able to go and talk to one of the guys of the Federation. And I said, look, and I was not going to fight. I just said, like, I just have some feedback. Right? Like, um, <laughs> you I suck just, at your job and I have proof. And, yeah. And he was <laughs> like, no, I was like, yeah. no, no, I was like, 
can I give you some feedback like without respect and it was like you know I'm a little disappointed with the performance of the judges and they were not the normal judges they were like Mm-hmm. really that like was the, the first time in training judges. they were in training judges and he was like oh my god totally i mean i didn't have to pull out the video he was like oh yeah you're a student the the red student three kicks ahead no points i was like yes that one he was like oh yeah totally that was a total you know talk up <laughs> sorry That's excuse right. my language uh he was like you're that totally makes right. you feel better like, though and yeah because i was like oh great and he was and i said look you know what can we do and he was like no i'm gonna give you the medal that he earned because that was his his win and he said but please send me the video because i need this to train the judges so he handled it properly yes and uh and unfortunately the year before we had the same thing with kaya oh, yeah. <laughs> and i did the same i was super and I, I was like ah. but then i go high because i don't want the kids to see me getting super worked up uh or and then i went and i talked to the judge but we didn't have luck that time the judge said that judge was like yeah, I know, but you know, human errors is part of, comp- and it is part of competition. You know what? And Kaya in- got more out of that loss where she won, but she still lost. She got more out of that as a, for a human being and her yeah. growth purposes. But that also made her this year want to come back and win in convincing fashion because and, she's like, I'm and, not going to leave it to the judges. And <laughs> there's no question about it. It's like three um, knockouts, boom. <laughs> Actually. Which almost, you know what's the other thing though, like, I always get the same comment every tournament, it's like, oh my god, easy, it's like, you're doing a great job, your students are amazing, like, how do you do it, and I get it but it's like, almost like, it, we almost get the, almost too much contact, you know, like, the, the kid just like, went full on, like, um, they always get the, you know, just. I bet that makes your dad feel very proud, yeah. <laughs> like, very proud. Yeah, but no, I mean, I, and I, again, like, I just want to come back to growing up in a competitive sports any sport you lose and you win and i think you grow more for from your losses than from your winning um and i think that's part of what it's important for the kids to experience because some you you know life is tough and you're not always gonna win and sometimes the judge is gonna judge you badly but you grow with it and, and then you can become better and so and it is, I mean, we are human, so I understand also the judges, you know, they can make a mistake. Of course. But I think so. you just nailed it. They do grow through their losses. Kaya losing yeah. was awesome. Elisha just lost. Yeah. for the. I, he, he always wins at karate. Always. And it bothers me kind of because it's like, son, it's, life isn't like that. You don't just go through tournaments and always win the gold medal. And he's like, yeah, well, okay, dad. Like, he just, <laughs> he's just Elisha. He doesn't, he doesn't think too deeply into these things. He's yeah, just like, yeah. all right. It, Okay. And then then this year, he lost for the first time. So it was great. It always hurts as a parent to see your kid hurt. Yes. Um, But it also is, that's when you grow. So, and I think, I I think it was great for him as well um, in the way that he's always win and it's so easy, so natural. I mean, like nobody can beat him. And he's just, and I don't know if this. I think he just he wasn't expecting it at all. And it was just like a shock for everybody. We're like, what? What? What just happened? The best thing and, ever. You know, and so it's like very humbling as well. You know, have to you have to train. You cannot come and just assume that you're going to do it all over again without training. You have to warm up. You have to focus, you know, and... Yeah, I, you I know what? I, I want to get this in while we're still on the topic of martial arts. The one thing I can say about your Karate Academy and what it did for our kids was 
it made them have a sense of self-awareness and calmness. Mm. I was very, I throw myself under the bus a little bit. I was very edgy. Uh, am I going to have to fight this guy? Like the, all the ups and downs of high school and all the weird uh, stuff. I was like, all right, who's an enemy? Who, like, and I didn't really know how to handle myself. And it caused a lot of anxiety and a mm. lot of issues. I did not want my kids to have that, like mm. at all. I, I didn't want to have a lot of the experiences that we have in the States. And that's part of why I wanted mm -hmm. to raise my family here, quite frankly. But I, I also knew if I'm going to have a, a, a girl, she's going to have to protect herself. Yeah. <laughs> and... And now, thanks to you creating this platform, like that, and it's just opened up more doors. Now there's jujitsu, and now you have yeah. Muay Thai. You have like the whole. Yeah. I still don't understand why martial arts are so profound here in tiny little Nosara, but I'm really grateful for it because it's benefiting the community. Well, I think what I, what impressed impre, impre, impress me impressed what I I'm, I am impressed? I was going to mess with you a little more impressed. Impressed about Nosara. Hey, uh, how do you say the word impress? <laughs> <laughs> Let me think about it. <laughs> uh, what impress? Oh, Jesus, I can say it. You didn't I have am to bring impressed. Jesus into it. I'm just going to say I am impressed of the talent that we have in Little Nosara. I mean, there's just so many talented people in so many. I mean, like martial arts. We have Domel and Martin doing Muay Thai. We have Stephanie doing boxing. We have Daniel doing Jiu-Jitsu. I'm doing the karate and now Kaya is spraying her wins as well, which is great. We're growing. She's um, teaching under you right now, this moment at some... Yeah. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> that's just getting, the evolution. That means you're getting old too, though, Isis. I know. Well, as we were talking before starting, like... I forget how old I am and how many years of being Nosada until I go back to see the pictures of my karate students for from six years ago, seven years, and I'm like, oh my God, I'm so old. The kids, I mean, you see it in the kids, they, they were babies when we start karate. Oh, um, your first, the first contest, well, actually, they didn't know anything about anything. And he always wanted to have a trophy. He thought a trophy would be the coolest ooh. thing ever. And so anyway, uh, they go into his kumite. Remember the little kids when they have on their stuff, it's yeah. so funny because they can barely move and they're like <laughs> kicking and punching. And you're like, I kick to the head. <laughs> he's like okay and, and then he, he gets it so anyway he he wins he wins the tournament right yes and he runs up to to amy my wife and i and he, he runs up he's like dad where's my trip i got second place and he got first place he didn't even know he was just oh, yeah, I remember that. he was just so happy that he got something he got a bank hat and a little trophy and yeah. he, he was stoked for a month Aww. or two. His bank hat was like, yeah. he won something. Something, yeah. That meant a lot. <laughs> All right, so off, off of martial arts into yes. other versions of Isis's. Mm -hmm. So, Nosara Bodywork, that's where you're at right now. If people want to get stuff done, they can find you at Bodhi, in yes. Bodhi Village. Is that what you call it? Uh, no, it's actually um, the Bodhi Tree Spa. Bodhi Tree Spa, okay. Yes. And what types uh, of things do you do there? Like, what would be, who's someone who needs your services besides everyone, but like who... <laughs> Specifically, like, give us some examples of who okay, so, would benefit um, from you. Yeah, so what I do is, like, physical therapy and rehab. Um, so, basically, I have a lot. I see people with injuries, um, knee injuries, shoulder injuries, back injuries. So, anybody that has any pain or discomfort or somebody that is um, just had surgery and they need to recover from the surgery, um, that's 
that's kind of like the main thing. Um, so a physical therapy session might include heat or call or some stretches or some exercises, uh, but it also can include some body work like massage, deep therapeutic massage, or um, I also have some equipments that I use like um, therapeutic ultrasound, um, magnetic therapy, electrical stimulation. So it's just quite a lot. I do dry needling as well. Um, so it's safe to say you're like full service across the board, completely trained and capable. And is, is there, how much of a difference is if someone goes to a physical therapist, say in Canada, Europe or the States, or comes and sees you? Is the care the same? Like, are you on par with other areas you feel? Or do you yeah. feel that because you're in tiny Costa Rica, you don't have access to no, the same stuff? Like, talk all. us through that a little bit. Like, talk yourself up here. Um, so, I mean, I think because I work in a touristic area, I get to see patients from all over the world and I feel very honored to, proud to say that, you know, the service that we provide here is, it's actually as good. I mean, I have a lot of patients. I like to do the one-on-one -on -one session. I like, you know, when I was in San Jose and, and working in hospitals there or other places, you usually have three patients in 45 minutes and you have to just go one from one wow. to the other one and okay, do this and I'll be back. And, da, da, da. and I didn't like that because I like, I like to help people in the one-on-one -on -one first to give a better service, but also to connect with them and be able to talk and get to know the person. Gotcha. Right. So if I'm with you for a whole hour, you know, we might talk about your back, for example, and we're going to do this and this and we treat it. But at the same time, while well, you have the electrical simulation, we might have time to talk and just sometimes just get to know each other. And sometimes we start getting deeper into the cause of the pain, which is very interesting because sometimes it's like, oh, yeah, I just have this knee pain. I don't know what causes. OK, we start training after two sessions. Maybe it's like, well, actually, you know. Five years ago, I had a knee uh, surgery on my ankle. It's like, ah, okay. So then maybe the knee pain is coming. So you get deeper into the source of sometimes, I, I mean, and this is going to be, hopefully my teachers from physical therapy school are not listening. But another thing that I have learned and grow into the Nosara hippie town, there's a lot of emotional problems that could reflect in physical pains, which as a physical therapist, I'm going to work on the physical pain. But by talking, then we might figure out what else, what is really tr triggering that pain. Now, Isis, your instructors from back in San Jose are not happy hearing you <laughs> with this sort of hippie talk. When did this, when did this hippie side of you start to evolve? Did Nosara do that to you or was it always there and you just hit it? No, it was Nosara for sure. Cause when I went to, so I went to physical therapy school on one side and I went to massage school as well. So I did both. And when I was in massage school, the teachers were like, you know, the female side of the body energy, da -da, the male energy. And I was like, <laughs> No, that doesn't exist. What are you talking about? Or like they're talking about Reiki and all these holistic therapies. Like, no, no, just show me how can I use my elbow and my fingers to work this person out, right? So I was completely skeptical of this. I was full clinical medical. And then I came to Nusan and I started having patients that were teaching me so much, you know, because a lot of most people in Nusan are very aware of their bodies. They're in tune with their 
and you know everybody is phys- physical active so they know their bodies so they start talking about like you know well yeah this that and other alternative and they also may see go mark the chiropractor and they go and see uh shaman or they come to me and say like look i have this pain on my knee but in my with my i mean i'm doing this also crystal therapy bed because i'm working through this emotional holding so so they put it up to me like okay you have to help me with the whole picture it's like okay so i've been i have been in the last years learning how to open my mind to it and work with it because I always tell my patients, you know more about your pain than me. I see you one hour every three days. You have your pain all day long. So whatever works for you, tell me and we'll work on it. Like if sometimes they said like, look, you know, sometimes they just talk. They just need to talk. And, and, and so as I said, I, I see it from the physical point, but I am open to listen if they're doing, if they think it's emotional. So it's or safe to do. say you've got a balance of Western and Eastern in you now. You're not just Western, give me the facts kind of medicine. Now you're like, all right, I care about your feelings a little bit too. I mean, I could do both, right? Like if, if somebody's full on like medical, I'm skilled enough to deal with that. But if somebody wants to open up into a deeper holistic spectrum of the consultation, I'll happily do that so and, and direct them to other healers that I know in Osada. Like, okay, if you, if you want uh, hypnotherapy, I don't do that, but here we have, and this, so at Bodhi Tree, this is what I have created with the help of Gary and Corey at the spa. We have, we offer massages, but we also offer these broad options of healing therapies and you name it, we have it all. <laughs> so like, I mean, I can, if I don't do it myself because I'm the physical therapist, I can send you to whoever does Reiki or I can send you to our shaman or I can send you to our crystal bed therapies or I can send you to our hypnotherapies or time is, I mean. So you're, you're crashing the ears of your former instructors back in yes. San Jose right now. So in five, six years, are you going to be leading ayahuasca ceremonies on the beach <laughs> with little beagles finding yourself kind of thing? <laughs> Probably not. I Maybe have so. you're, you're... done ayahuasca already, actually. <laughs> what would you say? Is it like an evil, demonic, horrible thing? Because I was raised to believe anything like that is horrible. Like, that's horrible. I mean, I didn't have a, a a very big experience, to be honest. I was very, I'm, I was a kept a septic. I did it because Bodhi Tree wanted to offer. And so they did the first um, s- session with some workers to kind of like feedback kind of thing so it was not i didn't have an intention intention i didn't do it like i just did it again. yeah why not you know like i'm gonna start i might as well try these things you know and it was in a safe place with my co-workers and so we did it, it was fun it was interesting uh but you know coming back to as a physical therapist if i have a pain i'm always gonna work it physically it's scientific but you know, stress and things like that. I will work with, you know, meditation, yoga, um, just a bit. You're the, becoming you know, all balanced and stuff. I, you know, it's funny because I go to San Jose and I talk to my San Jose friends and they're talking to about um, going to a shrink or going to a psychologist. And, and I was like, you know what? Like, I feel pretty okay. Um, and he said, well, what do you do? And I said, well, I don't go to a psychologist because we don't have one in San Jose, I don't think. Um 
but I do all these hippie things that keep me balanced. <laughs> I mean, I just, I'm open at this point in my life. I'm open to try anything. And I had, because I also managed the spa at Bodhi Tree. So all these practitioners come with all these modalities and, you know, I have to try them. So it's all very interesting. Now, speaking of how much you've been changing and <laughs> and all this different stuff going on in your life, you just and everything you're willing to try, you you're trying marriage now. You got married. Yes, I got married. So to Mr. Brad, it's shout been, out to Brad. Hey, Brad. <laughs> it's been three How's marriage years. treating you? Very well. And I'm going to tell you the secret of marriage. Everyone's anxious to hear this. Brad is here half the time. <laughs> so I honestly have the perfect marriage. I get to enjoy Brad when he's home and we are always like in this honeymoon beautiful stage because I'm so excited he's coming and we have these plans and we see each other and we go and have friends, uh, fun with friends and we have, you know, the super tight social schedule and then he's gone. It's like, yes, I have my easy time. And then I do all the other stuff that I like to do. Oh, man. Did you hear when she said Issa's time? I love that. That was great. We should get you a shirt. It says, it's Issa's time. Issa's time. Whenever he's bothering you or something, you can just like put that on your Yeah. So, no, I mean, I honestly think, you know, like life is about balance. Like I have the balance with the all the hippie nosada therapies from the scientific point of uh, physical therapy and then i have the perfect intense marriage for five weeks and then solo time for five weeks so no, it's did people all about say, balance says right? you were crazy because he's not here like how do you do that or, or were people like questioning that methodology yeah. well they they do i mean people just like oh my god how do you do it i was like well i don't know how you do it <laughs> i mean i don't I'm joking. I love Brad, but we always joke. and say, Brad, I don't know if I want to have you around all year round. <laughs> no, no, no. But um, no, it makes sense. It, it is. Well, it, it is all we know. Since well, familiarity we, breeds contempt. And most people, most marriages these days, there's a, well, actually in Nosara, we can talk about this. There's an astronomical high rate of divorce in Nosara, if you think about it. So if everyone's come together too much and too tight of a situation that's not always the best thing yeah. so i know you're kidding around but at the same time yeah, yeah. It, it, it does it does seem like you figured out marriage a little bit yeah i mean i think the key for us is um try to always keep keep connected but there gotta be a huge trust i mean i trust brad fully and he trusts me fully so it makes us feel free right so we're free to enjoy our life separately it's not like, no, you cannot go out, you know, like, or, or there's, that I mean, doesn't it work just, anyway. You can't, controlling no. people doesn't work. So it really like, doesn't. and, and it's beautiful because like we get to enjoy our, our, we're still individuals. We, I'm Isis and he's Brad and he has his things and I have my things. So we're still individuals, but we're just a team. We decided to do this family thing together. Right. Um, so we work through things, but without, giving up on ourselves so we have the time for ourselves uh and then when he comes like i'm not kidding you it's like every time he comes like he's okay baby i'm you know i'm uh taking the the plane right now i'll be at the airport this time and like i'm like oh my god i have to get the house ready i have to go and get my nails i have to go get my hair you know like and then i'm driving to the airport to pick him up and i get butterflies in my stomach like i mean never gets old it's just so beautiful because i also get to we also get to miss each other right so like and you get to appreciate at least for us we get to appreciate whenever he's away it's like 
sometimes like, oh, I wish Brad was here for this or that. So you miss each other. So I think it makes it appreciate each other more. And I don't know. Yeah, I think it's great. You could write a book about that one day, turn that into something. Yeah. I figured out the secret to marriage. <laughs> Just be That's apart half the it. time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just write into your wedding vows. Yeah. <laughs> you promise not to be home at least 50% of the time. I think, you know, I used to joke. I remember some, some, I have heard stories of old people that they say they'll have separate rooms. I'm like, oh, that's crazy. It's like, nah, like, oh, if Brad moves back here full time, we're probably going to get separate rooms. <laughs> does he, how does he feel about the dogs? Oh, he loves them. He adopted them both because I had the two beagles before when I was single before Brad. And he adopted both and he has a love affair with one of them. He has a favorite. I'm not going to tell one so the other one doesn't feel bad about it if she hears. But, um, but I mean, he's, he's like, it's the same. He's like, oh my God, these beagles are so much work. But it's just the way they are. Now, speaking of work, we'll talk about the community for a minute. So yes. what, what is your choice? How am I trying to say this? What do you like to do for your community type stuff? Uh, there's a whole side to you mm. that uh, we haven't talked about yet. Fill yes. us in on what you're up to in your spare time. Okay. So in my spare time, uh, my cost is animals. So I volunteer and part of, I'm one of the board members of Nosara Animal Care. Shout out to Nosara uh, Animal Care. Yay, Nosara Animal Care. Uh, by the way, we're going to have our fundraiser on January 18th. At the Gilded Iguana, it's our annual beer fest. It's our biggest fundraise. Where's event. it at? The Gilded Iguana. What time? 4 p.m. Okay. Saturday, January 18th. Give it, get us a flyer or something, and Kaya, our internet team, will put it up on the screen. Awesome. While that's spinning, so we'll promote Thank it for you. you. Yay. Um, so we. So tell us what our no yeah, animal so care no is. Yeah, so no animal up? care. <clears throat> we are a nonprofit organization. You know, 80% of our staff, all of us pretty much, are volunteers. We don't get any funds for any organization or government uh it's just donation based and our cost is domestic animals uh cats and dogs specifically um so what we do we have four main programs uh the one that i started on was the educational program so we go to all the schools in in the nosara area from ostional to barco quebral it's like eight schools more or less um and we go and teach them teach the four graders every year about how to be a responsible owner, uh, pet owner. So education is one, which is what we believe is the long term, uh, right? Teach the kids how to treat the animals properly. Because we see a lot, like a lot of locals, you know, they don't really know how, you know, they don't know that throwing a rock at a dog is not okay. Or like set them on fire for fun or um, feed them every day. Or maybe they need water. Ooh, surprise. You know, you have to get dog food instead of just rice and beans. <laughs> I'm so sorry that I was I was, I was chuckling right there because that was a serious subject matter. You're like, throw a rock at a dog. I was like, okay, yeah, that's pretty good. Then you're like, not set them on fire for fun. We had happened. I know, it but I'm, what I'm saying is like when you just say those words out loud, you wouldn't <laughs> think that that was like an activity. Um, well, it happened. Now, so, that being said, for so for Nosar Animal Care to go and do this and get to the kids, that's what Jesse Sheffield taught me. Like in, in her podcast, uh -huh, the uh -huh. one thing that really stuck with me, she's like, Rich, teaching the kids yeah. 
is actually the solution because the kids teach the parents. Yes. And then as they come up, they can teach the next generation. Yes. But just going to the adults uh, in, in the populace, that's yeah. not the way to no, do it. So we, I mean, we, we have that clearness where I say we have four different programs. And one is a long term, which is the education because we and we see it like I go and teach the kids in the school and we promote a castration clinic, which is the other uh, thing that we do. And you see the kids bring in their dog, sometimes just by themselves. So they take ownership of like, oh, this is my pet. And I learned That's awesome. that because we give them a certificate, like, oh, now you are a certificate re responsible owner. So the kids get that, embrace that. And they, they come to the clinic with their dog and their teacher parents like, look, you know, I learned that we have to do this. And so that's beautiful. How so good of a feeling is that when the kids oh, are showing beautiful. up with the pet? It's beautiful. Um, it's just, yeah, it's awesome. So the second program we do is the castration clinic. So we sponsor around eight or 10, uh, castration clinics for low income families. So people that cannot afford the normal pr price at the vet. And we do that together with Safari and I'm going to give a thank you to Safari as well for all what they do. They're awesome. Yeah, um, and, and so Basically, yeah, we we do them usually at uh, Super Nasar to another child for um, Roosevelt because he always holds this uh, space for us. Um, and yeah, so basically that's our immediate solution. We want to stop or control the population of dogs in the street. Now, can you tell us why that's not why that's important? I'm just sorry to interrupt. Mm -hmm. um, just for anyone listening, like why is that so important? So if you're in Nosada or if you visit Nosada, there's a lot of animals in the street there's a lot of dogs and cats that don't have owners and there's many reasons why we want to control the population one because of the wildlife were a refuge a wildlife refuge there's a lot of turtles and there's a lot of pisotes and raccoons and i mean all these animals mm. so if we have a lot of uh, incontrollable amount of dogs and cats they can eat up the wildlife i mean it happens with the turtles in ostional they go and dig the eggs out and so we need to control the you know we in an ideal world each dog will have a family right so then the family can be responsible for the dogs so we want to stop the dogs wandering in the street um it also has health um benefits because the dogs or the cats can spread spread is stay stay stray dogs or stray cats mm -hmm. or feral cats can spread diseases, bacteria, they can go into a trash can, destroy the trash, so the trash and gets flushed into the ocean, da, da, da. So community health, or salud pública, we call it in Spanish. Also just for the well-being of the animal. I mean, if you're an animal with no owner, you're gonna get hit by a car, or you're gonna get thrown rocks at, or set on fire. Um, you can't, starvation. I mean, you're not going to have a happy life. That's, that's so one of the saddest the scenes that, that we see. Yeah. We see a lot. I mean, we, we rescue a lot of dogs with like mange or lichia. I mean, like, so, you know, we just want to avoid suffering for the beans, the animals, the cats and the dogs. Right on. Um, well, so thank you for everything that you guys are doing. That's really, really cool organization. Um, maybe send us something on that too. We'll put that yeah. up on the screen yeah. so people can learn more mm -hmm. um, where they can donate, mm -hmm. website, events, all that type of stuff. But always yeah. 
bring that to us. We're happy to publicize it. You Thank guys are up you. to good stuff. Cool. Yeah. And then the, the other, the last thing, the last two things we do is um, we have a program uh, that is called Segunda Oportunidad, which is like second chance. So we rescue stray animals from um, dogs and cats for the, from the streets and we re, re, uh, rehabilitate them. Yeah. Like nurtures them back to life. Um, and then we have foster homes that take care of them while they're sick or in the recovery process. Hey, we should and give a shout out to those foster home people because that's yeah. not always fun or convenient. Most everyone who's doing a foster thing, they weren't walking around saying, hey, I wish I had a dog or cat to take care of. Yeah. They're doing it because they're just good people yes. and they're trying to help. Yeah, thank you to our foster homes. Um, and and so foster, we get the, the dogs into a health happy stage where they can be adopted uh, and then we find in homes. So the rescue rehab adoption is the other program, which is Segunda Oportunidad. And the fourth program that we do is just the, we call it outreach program. So basically Linda, you know, Linda, she's sure. awesome. Of course. Uh, see, I, 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 I'll say this publicly. I've tried to get her on here. I don't, I don't know if she's camera shy, but you guys are doing a lot of good stuff. So I, I was anxious to get this information. So mm -hmm. Linda has a standing in invite anytime she wants yes. to come on. Linda, you have to come. Or Diana, our, our um, president. But Linda is the one that is out there in the community every single day. She's like a control patrol. Like she has her truck and she has our animal care dog on it. It's pretty funny. And she goes into the community, like deep into the community, just finding either low-income families that, you know, their dog is sick or, you know, so they need financial support. So we'll help. Uh, we sponsor part of it um, through Safari. And then if they're in the street, then like just taking care of them or give them medication or, I mean, she's like on duty. It's almost like emergency too. Like people call like, hey, you know, we just found this report like, you know, I don't know. We just found these kittens abandoned. Like, what do we do? Or this dog just got hit by a car. What do we do? And so she's so the, that's like the the daily our I mean, our biggest bills are bets bills because of that, like helping people that cannot afford uh, veterinarian care for their animals or just animals in the street that, you know, as I said, because they're they're overpopulation. They get hit. They're sick. They're hungry. So. I get it. Again, I thank you. Too. Like, like, super, super good. Even from the efforts are paying off. Even from 10, 12 years ago, the difference now, like, it, it's it's really mm -hmm. it's working. What you guys are doing. Uh, shout thank out to you. a more a shout out to everyone. Cebu Refuge for Wildlife. Just yeah. everyone who's doing something to help with the wildlife and and the domesticated. Now I can't talk. <laughs> How do I say domesticated? Domesticated. Let's just thank you to everyone. So so big up. Um, we're running low on time, but I, so I still have to ask you a couple of questions. Yes. I want to know your no sorry likes and dislikes. I can already guess mm -hmm. your likes, so I don't want to talk about that much. Everyone's okay. kind of getting bored with all that. Um, but quickly, you can tell us a couple of your likes. What I'm really interested in knowing is your dislikes. So I want okay. you to go deep on that one. So. All right. Um, so the the likes, same as everybody else, you know, the beach and easy lifestyle, uh, beautiful sunsets and all that. Um, but but the biggest like and as i said what makes it feel home for me is community the community the people who live here the people do, who does Unless all this amazing <laughs> for, that's what i mean community people here from the uh and and what everybody does in so many different 
classes. I just love Friends of Nostara, like as you said, like Barriguiones and the Recycling Center and Cebu and Nostara Animal Care and the Bomberos and I mean, everybody. It's Amazing. a buffet of options. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that will be my biggest like, this, despite the obvious likes. Um, and my biggest dislike, the roads. Um, and get the roads is one of the reasons why you dislike the road. I I dislike the roads because of, um, I mean, from a selfish point of view, like if I'm riding the quad, I get super dusty. If I'm riding the car, then the car it's maintenance breaking. is it's terrible and costs a lot of money. But from a n- community sense. I mean, you see the kids walking the street with this dust. Uh, you see the, you know, the, it's just horrible. I mean, I live in Esperanza and this Esperanza school is right in the main road. And those kids in the schools, they get dust out all the time. And it's horrible. And then when it's rainy season, they cannot go to school because there's no road. So it's like, I mean, really, it's just, it just it's bad for the community. You know, it's not because it looks pretty, no. It has an impact and also in the health of everybody. I mean, like I think Nosara has one of the highest um, <laughs> rates of um, respiratory infections. Yep. Everybody's sick. Everybody's coughing. You know, everybody has allergies. I didn't have asthma for since I was probably 14, 15, 16. And it didn't yeah. come back till after I lived yeah. here. Or, or actually, you know what? Once the trucks started coming and Nosara got popular and it got busy, uh-huh. that's when the dust got went to a whole nother level yeah yeah oh. i mean and i see it with the people i work with i mean like and then also in the rainy season so many accidents because it's muddy right because we don't have pavement so <laughs> That's like true accidents i mean like i have people that i work with that they're like sorry i can't make it today because either i cannot access it's flooded or there's not a bridge that i can cross or um they you know it's a slippery so they've they've Felt and they hurt themselves. Well, they, I know somebody who does body works, and maybe they can, <laughs> they can go and see you. Um, no, that's a bad joke. Yeah. All right, so what else do you dislike about this place? Roads. I know you dislike the roads. Yeah. Um, and I know you dislike people from San Jose. <laughs> I, li- I dislike speak of the high season Chipeños invading our space. <laughs> Although I am a Chipeña originally, uh, I consider myself a Nosareña now. So, hey, yeah, I, I just, love how you admit your hypocrisy and claim it. That was awesome. <laughs> Much respect. <laughs> so let me ask you. Okay, so let's play better or worse. Which is better or worse, Christmas or Semana Santa? Well, I got you good there. You're having hmm. to think this one through. Well, so this, both those uh, holidays, I just refuse to go to the beach. I don't go to the beach and I'm too busy, so I just focus on working. And I know it's, you know, I, I'm not selfish. I can share the beach. So I just don't go. And then I know I'm going to have my private beach, September, October, all the rainy season months. Um, I think Christmas is crazy. I mean, you cannot get a reservation anywhere. There's no space for see the sunset. It's just crazy. Everybody driving. But Semana Santa, there's a lot of chipeños. So I think that's worse. <laughs> no, I'm joking. So, I shouldn't so, say that. <laughs> but the question was, which one's worse? And you answered it. So for you, Semana Santa's worse. Well, and it also is worse because people from San Jose don't usually come and use the services. So it's not even that good for work. Like at least Christmas, 
I don't have the pitch, but I'm busy working and the spa is busy and I'm busy. Semana Santa is like so crowded and there's no work. So yeah, I guess Semana Santa is, is worse. Okay, so that's fair <laughs> enough. Now, we covered your dislikes. What are your three favorite restaurants and what do you like to get there? Mm. Um, well, I have, I have, I have three and three cause I'm vegan. Okay. So I have three favorite vegan restaurants and I have three favorite non-vegan restaurants where I will recommend people that are not vegan to All go. All right, fire away. So my f- three favorite vegan restaurants is, um, Spirit Lounge, Love Burger and Naked Foods. Uh, and my non vegan favorites but they also have vegan options i would say it's um el local la luna probably i there's a tie with harmony and basilico <laughs> we're gonna go with basilico for the yeah. record internetian because you're you can't say the harmony because you've been affiliated with them so we're striking okay. that from the record all right so we had to do that to monica too and okay. cookie Okay. And Cookie argued it because she likes the, what is it, the 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 Baracho nachos or something, I think, from Al Chile. And she's uh, like, but it really is my favorite. She yeah, wanted yeah. that counted. But if you work there, we can't count it. Well, I, oh, but I don't work there anymore. Yeah, but you did. Mean? So we're going to okay. give that one over Basilico. to El Basilico. We keep right. track of all this okay. at the end of each season. Yeah, I know, because I mean, Basilico, Basilico is next to my house. So, like, I go to Basilico every other night. Yep, so. I feel like it's just my, soul, you know, my, my safe space. <laughs> Maybe I we should open a vegan category for the whole restaurant thing. Because you said you had to split it half and half. Yeah. That's not too bad. That's a pretty good idea. All right. So do aliens exist? What? Do aliens exist? Ooh. I, I want to say yes. I think so. I mean, I think uh, the universe is way too big for us to be the only people in here. I want to say yes. Not that I have had any encounter whatsoever, but I want to believe there's more out there. Fair enough. What person would you like to sit and meet? Like if you could spend a cup of coffee, like who, who how, I'm, I'm going to try to ask this question. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Let me try, let me start <laughs> this over. In the Nosara area or anyone to do with Nosara, if you could sit down and just talk to someone for 30, 60 minutes, just have a meal or a cup of coffee, like anyone you would want to talk to, it could be someone you know, don't know, who would that be? Like who, who would you like to get to know more in Nosara? Um, you know, I think I haven't had the chance, even though I heard about her all the time and she's one of the Nosara first people, um, Beverly Kitson. I know who she is and I know her work, but I think I have never had the chance to do a one-on-one with her. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a really good one. I am very proud to say she's coming on here next week. So you'll Can't get the wait door to soon. Hear it. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, yeah, she's. I don't know her, but she, I think she's awesome. Beverly um, is a force of nature. Yeah. The more I get to know her, the more I realize it. Like that. Uh, just you. Well, I'll just let her story speak for itself. But she's coming in next week, <laughs> awesome. so stay. We'll get. We'll, yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, that'll be a good one. <laughs> um, what else is out there? Is there any any special thing, thank yous or shout outs while you have this platform? Anyone you want to acknowledge you? Pulled you out of a ditch one time when you were stuck or found your lost dog or something. <laughs> well, well, too many of those, but. Yeah, um, the Bomberos got me out. Uh, big shout out to Ryan, obviously. Uh, I mean, 
and he got me out of uh, uh, the river once. So thank you for that. Um, I mean, I guess we already said it, right? Like, obviously, I, I'm appreciative of my time at Del Mar, Harmony, Jane from Nazara Wellness, Nat oh, Nalu, we haven't talked about Nalu. So Nalu is the one who holds my space for karate now. Gary and Corey from Bodhi Tree, and then also we see Nostar Animal Care, everybody that is caring for animals, uh, all the volunteers. Um, vegan restaurants. All the vegan restaurants keep it going. Um, I love, I mean, Henry from a local, he's just, he's always taking care of me, like with doing vegan brownies and vegan stuff. And um, Hey, Henry's coming um, on too. I, oh, I want to tell awesome. the El Local story because that, when they open, Tried real hard. It was pretty good, but then it started kind of fading away. Yeah. Got weird. The servers were kind of yeah. mean and snippy and all that. And then Henry comes in. Man. He worked his magic. Love Henry. Yeah, me too. Yeah, we'll get him in soon. Uh, I hope I'm not forgetting anybody, but I mean, thank to you for having me. This has been awesome. No, it's an honor. I, I really... I'm excited. I think we did it. I think people saw a whole different, <laughs> pew, 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 different versions of Visa. So that was my goal for the day. Awesome. No, thanks for coming in. It, it was it was a pleasure. And thank you for everything you've done for my family, for my kids. And um, mm, we love you and appreciate true. you. Thanks. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> and that's a wrap. Right. I'm Hi. How do you feel? Great.